Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2020. This is Nicole talking about steps 8 and 9. Hi everyone, my name is Nicole, I'm an alcoholic. Um, my sobriety date is the 1st of January 2012. Um, it was a New Year's, uh, it wasn't a New Year's resolution, it was just a really bad New Year's Eve. Um, so I recently celebrated eight years sober and uh, I know that that's not of me, um, but I've had to do some work since coming here. And um, I drank for eight years, been sober for eight, but I'm told I can't, you know, there's no graduation ceremony, which is disappointing for a person like me who really likes getting an award. <laughs> um, so that's, um, that's fine. Um, uh, so steps eight and nine, there's a lot to cover um, in that. And I think um, in what I want to share, I think, is actually mainly about step eight because for me out there as an alcoholic, um, and even before I picked up the first drink, I was always very apologetic for my behaviour. And I would always, you know, when I was drinking, get too drunk and, you know, as we do, uh, do stuff that I regretted and then go and grovel and, you know, beg you for forgiveness the next day. And that pattern for me repeated continuously throughout the years that I drank. And, um, you know, so when I arrived in the rooms of AA, came in via rehab, I looked on the wall, I went straight to nine, I went, yep, I know how to do that. Um, often when I did that, I would cause way more harm. You know, I'd be apologising, um, you know, to people who... You know, for instance, you know, um, hooking up with a guy and then I apologise to his girlfriend. Like, that's just not... It's just not good. <laughs> anyway, um, I've learned a lot since coming here, which is really good. But all I wanted, really, from that is to feel better. So I associated, you know, going to you to seek your forgiveness as me feeling better. And so when I come in here and I look at the wall, I go, yep, sweet. And the exact opposite is true. <laughs> um, when it comes to this stuff, I need to see, and hopefully I've had an experience in, um, in the earlier steps so that I can be really, really clear on what my harms are and also use step eight in order to be really, really clear on what the amend would look like ideally if I can do that. Um, but I just want to backtrack slightly to um, just a quote that I think is really helpful for me, which is not in this step, but in step three. Um, so the book says on 62, so our troubles we think are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, even though he usually doesn't think so. Um, that is me. And then it refers to step eight, you know, it talks about our efforts to live on ourselves, you know, by, by my self-directed action, um, I create debris. So debris is, you know, after an explosion, it's everything that's left um, in, its, in its wake. And so I learn here that I've got problems with living on self-will. And that's not something that I've really wanted to admit to because if you're out there in the world and I've always been the sort of person who wants to be liked, to fit in, to be like everybody else, um, and then you learn that you can't live, you know, just by your own, you know, um, self-reliance, actually that creates debris. And that stuff I've learned can, can continue um, into sobriety if I'm not living on God's will but instead just running the show myself. So I've seen, you know, a lot in the pages before I get to step eight about what happens when I take the reins, drunk or sober. But, you know, it may have looked slightly more dramatic when I was drinking, but I can still cause damage when I'm, when I'm sober as well. Um, so it talks about, you know, step eight and nine, um, that 
I get power, you know, from the rest of the steps. This is where I'm going out into the world. Up until this point, steps one through seven is really about me, a really long, <laughs> was for me, reflective process of getting very, very clear about what my problem is, what my solution is, um, how um, resentments and fears and the way I've conducted myself in intimate relationships have um, caused me to become blocked from that power to ask for that stuff to be removed from God in steps six and seven. And then now it's like, okay, finally, we're ready to introduce you to the rest of society. <laughs> um, which is very different to what I thought when I came in. I thought, yep, go straight to nine. Like I said, I'm just going to apologize to a bunch of people. They really, really want you to think about that before you launch out there and go and stuff it up further. And I only say that because I've done it. <laughs> I've, um, I've gone back to ex-partners who really I need not have gone back to them and made amends three times. Three sponsors, all very well-meaning, who said, you need to go back. And at the end of the third amend, he's like, Nicole, really, we're good. You know, We're really, really good. It was such a long time ago. Um, I think you should just you know, get on with your life as I am getting on with mine. Um, and I just say that because we all, you know, including myself, want to be, you know, thorough with this stuff. Like, I really want to get the effect produced by the steps, and so I'm really terrified if I'm going to stuff it up. Um, so I want to, you know, be complete and cover the whole field with, with everybody to make amends to, but basically step eight is a pause point. And it's a very vital one, I think. Um, in the book, it sort of doesn't really delineate exactly where step eight ends and step nine begins, um, but it provides you, you know, with some pretty good direction in there. Um, and one of the things that I was encouraged to do, you know, basically it says, we have a list of all persons we've harmed and to whom we're willing to make amends. We made it when we took inventory. So that's good. I've already got my list, um, which is great because you know, I've taken inventory very thoroughly and I've now got a list, you know, at the end of every resentment sheet, you know, I became willing to look at the list from an entirely different angle. So I'm not just looking at the ways that you're harming me, but I'm looking at how I might have set the ball rolling and what my side of the street looks like. And so as part of that process, I was encouraged to write harms at the bottom of each sheet that I had written. And then I was in turn encouraged to write still more harms that may not have resentment attached to them. So I've got this list of people, you know, and, you know, in some instances, institutions to whom I owe, to, to whom I've, you know, who I've harmed. And so really, I was encouraged to consolidate that list and get a, you know, speaking of cards, David, um, I was encouraged to get a set of index cards. Um, which sounds really dry and boring, um, but for someone like me who's just so desperate to just get out there, it was really good. <laughs> um, so I was encouraged to transfer the names from the um, from my inventory onto these cards. Um, so the card, you know, it, it is their name. Where can I find them? What what is the specific harm? And these cards have two lines on it, because I don't know about you guys, but alcoholics, we like to really tell you the full picture and, you know, how I've really harmed you when it's really very, very intense. Um, I always assumed that I'd harm people more than I had, which is not everybody's story, but I'm always thinking, I've affected you gravely, because I'm at the centre of the universe, you know? <laughs> and so everything I've done, even though it's, you know, like I shared with you about my ex, it's like, he's going to be damaged for life because of the stuff I did. No, he's fine, married, got a kid, things are good. Um, 
you know, so I need to get really clear what was the specific harm. Um, and hopefully I've done an inventory where it's, you know, much more straightforward and I can, you know, transfer that across. And often it's not necessarily what I think it is, but this is my best bet. And I, and I discuss it with the person who heard my fifth step as well um, because they're best placed um, to be like, no, I think it's this or, or that. Um, however, you know, counsel with others is wise, as the big book says to us, but when it comes down to it, it's between me and God. You know, I know my life. God knows my life. It's very important to discuss it with someone else, but let's get quite clear. So one example is my sister. Um, so I'm the older sister, but I was always very emotionally um, distressed, <laughs> um, drunk, um, not providing great role, you know, I wasn't a great role model um, growing up, um, crying at everything, making everything about me, um, you know, stuff that doesn't sound that bad in the scheme of harms, but it's a good example for me. So I write down here, you know, specific harm. I wasn't there for her as a big sister. You know, um, when she went through things, for instance, her, you know, boyfriend committed suicide in, when she was 18, a very difficult thing for her. And I made a lot of it about me and my emotions and how I couldn't handle that. Um, so I write down, you know, in, in that way what the specific harm is. And then I ask myself, is this really a harm? Important question, because sometimes you can make goofy amends, like I said, and you know, think that it's all about me and actually they're like, no, that wasn't really a thing. But in that instance, I said, yes, you know, it was a harm. Um, another question I was asked to consider, you know, and this isn't necessarily direct from the big book, but I think it's useful, hopefully it's useful for someone. Have I already made it right with this person? Or is an approach or an amend owed? You know, it's an important question because in some instances, you know, um, I, I have already made it right. Um, it's not to get out of going up to the person, but, you know, really consider and reflect. So with my sister, this is a few years ago, I hadn't made it right. You know, she had seen that I'd gotten recovery and that I was sober and she was really encouraging of that, but I hadn't, you know, fully made it right with her in terms of things that had happened. So I said yes, and, and the details are, you know, begun to live, you know, in a more stable manner, <laughs> um, but I actually haven't fully made it right with her. And then, you know, ideally, you know, thank you. How would I, how would I approach her? Ideally, and this is a really good moment for me to consider her. And my sister is one of the people who, one of those people who doesn't love a big D and M. You know, I was always trying to foist that upon her, like, hey, let's have a really intense conversation. She's like, eh, I want to live at that level. So for me, an approach ideal is not, hey, can we really talk really a lot about what's happened in the past? Like, that's not great for her. Um, you know, ideally, how what would I say to her? You know, um, she lives overseas, so on her next visit, you know, this was, as I said, a few years ago, um, I'd say, let's, let's grab a coffee, you know, when, when she's here. And, you know, what I'd like to say to her is, you know, I wasn't there for you, you know, as a big sister. And I, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, um, we can discuss that and talk about ways that, um, you know, that, um, I can, you know, be better for you or be there for you, you know, moving forward. Um, and then the other one, so that's what to say, but then what to do, you know, what's the action? And a lot of that um, has shown up in events that have happened since, but ideally it's just to be a stable person around her, to laugh, have a good time, um, to listen to what's going on in her life, to be in contact when she's overseas, that type of stuff. Um, and the final question on the card, will making this approach or amend serve any purpose for this person or will it complicate matters? 
So that's kind of the bit on the calico where it talks about except where to do so would injure them or, or others. And, you know, injure is a big word. Um, is it going to serve a purpose for her? At the time, I thought yes. Um, so she arrives in Australia. You know, it's her last night in town. Or, um last day in town, I said, oh, do you want to go for that coffee? And she said, you know what, I'm feeling really sick, I'm just going to go to bed. And I was like, really? <laughs> what do you mean? No, I didn't say this, this is in my head. She's like, do you know what, no, I, I'm just going to rest before the flight tomorrow, so is that okay if we skip coffee? And I was like, you know, had a lot of build-up towards this amend. I was like, no, that's, that's fine. Um, so I sought advice from my sponsor and she said, write her, write her an email, write her a letter. So I did that. It wasn't a long one, but it was a short one. I get a reply. Yep, thanks, Nick. No worries. Like, I'll, I'll read it later. <laughs> and I'd like to say to you that she read it later and wrote back. She never did. But the reality is that I have learned with some of these things is that their actions speak louder than words. And with someone like my sister, all that has mattered, you know, she's just recently been out for, for Christmas, is that I'm doing well in my life that we can have a laugh, we can do stuff together, went to the movies, saw little women, you know, did normal things. Um, and that I, she knows that I'm okay and she knows that I'm looking after my mum, our mum and my dad and, you know, our nana um, when she's on the other side of the country. And so as much as I would have loved to have a moment, and I guess what I'm saying is a lot of the amends that I've heard about, which I, I wish I had, you know, one of those moments where it's like you can't find the person and you're in the middle of Antarctica and then they walk out of like this, you know, and you're like, hey, I've been looking for you for years. I don't have that, which is annoying because um, I like to have, you know, a big, big sort of story with that stuff. But um, I think it speaks, you know, louder in some cases, you know, that kind of mending action. And I was taught as well that there's a big difference between the way I was living, just apologising and an amend. So an apology can be part of an amend, um, but it's not the whole deal. It's just words unless followed up by action. So I was encouraged, you know, I sat down with, with my dad, who's in the fellowship. He knows about this step. Um, and, you know, I, I said my piece. And then I was encouraged, you know, once you speak, then shut up and listen. Um, and so, you know, I listened to what he said and then I wrote it down when I got home. And so from that point forward, which was early on in my first year of sobriety, um, to this day, I know what he wants me to do, you know, so I, he wants me to just be okay. <laughs> it's a bit of a running theme, um, to show up in his life <laughs> and, and to go to meetings that he likes to go, you know, this is a funny one, you know, family members in AA, he goes to certain meetings that I don't always want to go to, you know, I'm very big book oriented, he doesn't always go to those meetings, he's come to my home group and all of that, but he's got ones that he likes to go to, he's like, why don't you come there anymore? Um, and I'm like, I don't like their message. Um, so judgmental, you know, um, but I've realised, you know, and what I do, what I do at you know, um, I listen to that and I do show up to the meeting that he likes to go to, not every week, but I go there and he's like, hey everyone, this is my daughter, this is Nicole, and he's so proud that I'm that I'm sober and that I'm in AA and that means something to him. Um, and it's not about me and what I like to hear, <laughs> it's just about, you know, it's about showing up for him and, and making, that, um, making that amend. Because um, I'm mending something, you know, that's that's broken or has been broken by my efforts to run on, to run on self-will. Um, I've got five minutes left, and I think I just want to say that, um, you know, throughout the chapter interaction, there's a lot of different examples of scenarios that we can find ourselves in. So the categories are people we owe money to, criminal offences, 
involving others. So, you know, like I explained, um, cheating on your mate um, and that's sort of the, the general categories. And I think, you know, if you read through them and then you try and apply the principles of, you know, making a financial amends to then your relationship, it's not really going to work. Um, I think that, you know, they, they provide a lot of examples and clarity on, on those particular scenarios, which I think is helpful for us. But at the end of the day, they say, you know, um, pray about it, write it down and, and consider what's best. And there's a lot of kind of contemplation that happens in some of these. Like in, in an example, they talk about a guy who um, I think robbed his business partner or, or did something wrong by his business partner and he was willing to front up to the judge. No, sorry. It was in relation to not paying um, child support or spousal support. So he was saying, I'll go up to the judge, you know, you can arrest me and, and take me in. Um, but then there was a contemplation point where it's like, well, is that actually going to be helpful for that person? Or is it more helpful for him to continue to earn money and then, you know, um, contribute to it going forward? So sometimes our heroics aren't always the best thought. <laughs> you know, the first thought about how do I make this right is not always the best one. Um, and I'm glad that, you know, there's been a lot of um, advice given to me. Um, in that regard. And I haven't had, you know, a lot of that financial amends or, um, you know, the criminal stuff, but I've worked with a lot of women who've had some of that stuff go on. And, um, you know, it's it's been important, I think, for me, rather than just to give my opinion, um, to refer to the book and, and say, well, this is what they suggest when, you know, people were working through this book and, and getting, you know, recovered. And so that's kind of what I draw on usually. Um, and I think, the other one to just touch on um, is the promises, you know, which is often um, read out in meetings around step nine, and they're, they're beautiful. Um, they were never really put in context, or at least I didn't fully get it. I sort of came to meetings, I heard them read out, I said, I want that, wash over me, make it happen. And the reality for me in my experience is that I didn't experience the promises, you know, until I had made some amends, until I'd gotten free, um, you know, and then I experienced them. There's a lot of work to be done before I get to that point. And it was also explained to me that the promises are a great example of treated alcoholism. You know, we've got untreated alcoholism, which was spoken about so well yesterday on step one, page 52, you know, the bedevilments and prey to misery and depression, all of this kind of stuff. Step nine promises are the exact opposite of those. If you look at them side by side, you can see that I now have access to power. You know, we're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. I'm not going to regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Um, no matter how far down the scale we've gone, we'll see how our experience will benefit others. You know, interest in selfish things, you know, you know the drill, all of that. Thank you. Um, will slip away. And it's not just going to happen by osmosis, in my experience. Um, it's happened through doing a lot of work. Um, and, um, you know, but it, it, it's fantastic that there's sort of a, you know, continuum. We go from the bedevilments to the promises, and, and that's the example of, of getting free. Um, one of the other things I didn't touch on, I suppose, is that we're not always willing to go out and make amends to people, nor, you know, are we willing to make amending actions, so it's either an approach and an amend or just an amending action. And the willingness, you know, I've been having this conversation with some sponsees recently and they're like, I'm not, I'm not willing. And um, the good thing about having the cards is that you can order them, you know, in terms of the easiest, like the first cab off the rank. What's the most straightforward one I can do? Do that first. Don't do the monumental one. <laughs> you know, work the muscle so that you get into the swing of doing it and you'll find that the willingness will follow. 
Um, that said, you know, sometimes it doesn't shift, you know, whatever the block is to approaching that person until you're at the front of their house or until you're on the phone to them. Um, you know, that's when you actually need God's power to give you the words to say. Um, so I've had experiences where I've not been willing or I've felt really afraid right up until that moment where I'm sitting across from the person and the words come. Um, you know, hopefully I've done a bit of homework before that so that I can be, you know, clear on what I'm here to say. But, you know, sometimes it surprises you in that moment and you become, you know, become willing to, to say what needs to be said. But, um, yeah, it takes it takes some time um, in certain cases to um, have the shift and and to go there with you know a spirit of forgiveness um, and to be really clear that I'm not there to argue with you <laughs> about what you've done to me. You know, it's about you know sometimes you just got to cop it, and that's really hard <laughs> for some people <laughs> to just sit there and go, mm-hmm, tell me more, tell me more about how how um how I've harmed you. <laughs> um, so you know, there's a lot because um, you can you can go sideways in the middle of an amends, and you know you can start saying, "Well, what about what you did?" But it's just not, you know, you're just going to have to go back there um, and clean that up later. So, so that's my time. Hopefully, that's been of use to someone, um, and I'll leave it there. And thank you to the committee for asking me to share. I should have said that at the start. Thank you. Information about the Melbourne AA Steps Weekend is available at stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au